It's March 21st, 2023. Let's make this Nowruz all about hope. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Toronto. Salam dostan aziz. Durud bashuma. Dear friends, Nowruzetun Piruz. Let's make this new day all about hope. And can there be any greater tradition than Persian New Year? You see, the beauty of Nowruz is its remarkable inclusivity. This day is not just about Iranians and our culture, country, ethnicity, or nationality, although we certainly love it with enormous pride, but actually, this new day is for everyone. It's about togetherness, unity, new beginnings, and new life. It's non-political, non-religious, non-denominational, and non-ahont. In the face of all the stereotypes and negative generalizations of Iranians over the years around the world and in the West, we've always had Nowruz as a beacon, as a demonstration of our true spirit and as a cultural occasion that sends a message of love to our fellow global citizens. It's not a secret I've always called this my favorite holiday of any stripe. And this year, let's make Nowruz all about hope rather than hype. Because it's also no secret that we've had mixed feelings this year. Do we celebrate at a time when our sisters and brothers are desperately fighting for freedom in Iran? Do we allow ourselves to dance, eat, drink, and laugh when our friends, families, and citizens of the country of our ancestry are suffering under a brutal theocracy in full suppression mode? After all those we've lost in recent months and in the last 44 years, can we bring ourselves to moments of joy? Well, maybe the answer is yes, that we are capable of more than just sadness. That is respecting and paying tribute to our proud Noru's tradition, a very holiday that the mullahs would love to eradicate, while also remembering those in Iran and pledging to continue our mission to support them, be their voice, amplify, and do whatever we can to further the cause of freedom. And that's why this new year should be about hope. Our pledge that this new day will be about a great new beginning for young women and men in Iran coming soon. About the people of Iran feeling the sunshine, the Azadi, and indeed, shooting for the moon. Our pledge that this new day will be about an endeavor to catapult the tremendous potential of Iran back to being more than it seems. That on this Nowruz we will allow ourselves to imagine and work towards the Iran of our dreams. Here's to you, your families, your friends, your happiness, and then some. Nowruz Piruz. Here's to our dear ones in Iran and great days to come. On this special edition of Rook, we have some key Rook team members joining me in the Rook studio for a roundtable about the new year. What we've just been through, the brightest and darkest moments, our personal reflections and wishes and aspirations for the year ahead. The half scene is here. This is Rook, episode 248, the Norus 2023 special. Bring on the new year. Welcome here to the Rook Studio on this uh, important day for the Iranian community around the world. Hi there. Welcome to episode 248 of Rook. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Toronto. Once again, salam dostan aziz. Durud bashuman. Noruzitun piruz. Right? This is a sad salvein sara. 
okay. Uh, this is the first time since we've um, launched Rook uh, almost three years ago that Norus has actually fallen on the on a show day. So we've had to think about well, what mm-hmm. do we do when when Norus happens on a show day? And and for the last two years, as uh, our regular audience people will know, we've done these home videos. Uh, we started the, a couple of years ago our um, Norus 2021 uh, video that where we're sort of dancing around and talking about the importance of Norus. We did it again last year in my kitchen, and uh, this year um, it's a different kind of year where we didn't feel comfortable just doing a um, joyous, celebratory, um, zany home video uh rather we thought um um we would mark uh, this important occasion and and celebrate norus if you will in the spirit of hope as i was just talking about in that opening essay but also to talk to have a conversation about it and to have uh, a round table now this is a very special round table because gathered around are some of our core team members here at rook for a very special roundtable. We also have a half scene here that was put together by Pega and Anahita. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Very nice. Thank uh, you. I see Somar and Serke and um, Sabzi and Sib and uh, and a book of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And Chayom, uh, right? Uh, yeah, it's Chayom. And Chayom. Oh, we have Omer And um, what are the tulips? Just flowers. Okay, they're not part of the S series well, of the half Sombol scene. Sombol is technically part of the S uh-huh. of the half scene, which is over there, but flowers are a nice addition. Flowers are always a nice addition. Sure, sure. Let me, um, uh, inten- with intent, uh, introduce the people gathered around here. By the way, this is the first time uh, in a while that we've had this many people in the studio. Five, five people. Not, yeah, I think after, we had... After Rastok. We had Rastok here. There was actually even more people. I think yeah. it was just six or seven and much more talented people in the studio. <laughs> than, sure. Um, but uh, uh, so here, let me introduce some of our Rook uh, team members here gathered around me at the studio. Um, our producer and on-air contributor, Pega, smart Pega. Hello, Pega. Hello. And uh, our producer and researcher, Patty Saw, better known as Super P. Hello. Hello. Uh, our graphics and web guru, Anahita, well known as the talented Anahita. Hello. Hi, Jianju. I know the last couple hey, of nights Manu. you've been doing <laughs> your um, dances, very thoughtful dances to uh, at different events for Noruz. Yes, um, thank you. And uh, our editor and all things video and senior man, uh, I mean senior as part of the team, not yeah, necessarily a senior <laughs> in terms of your I hope that you correct age. <laughs> Roham, savvy Roham, Maher. Maher. <laughs> Why? <laughs> How do I say your last name? It's either if you want to say it in Parsi, Maher. I was trying to be if, English. If you want to be like Bill Maher, Bill Maher. Oh, oh Small. Bill Maher. I get yeah. it. Oh, Roham. I never knew that. Oh, I think yeah. the English version was like Maher Mar. or something. Oh, Roham Maher. Yeah. Roham, savvy Roham Maher. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, welcome to all of you. Nice Thank to you. have you here as a collective. Um, as I said in the opening essay just now, it's it's a... It's a very different kind of Noru's, and we haven't exactly known how to treat it. We've been talking about this for about a month. What do we do on Noru's? Do we shoot a fun, zany video? There really wasn't a lot of appetite or hosele amongst, amongst the, York, the Rook team to do that, for better or for worse. Um, but at the same time, we thought we can't just ignore Noru's. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I, th- I suspect we all have 
somewhat nuanced or different positions on how we should be marking this holiday. So I would say for myself, um, it is, it's a complicated year in which I have uh, mixed feelings. I really fundamentally um, love and believe in uh, the uh, the holiday Noruz and 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 the Persian tradition of Noruz and everything it represents in terms of um, inclusivity and being non-religious and non-denominational and and non-political, frankly, and including everybody in this gathering of light and love and and new beginnings. And I, as I was saying in that essay, uh, all of these things and and the idea of hope being very. A very big one here at Notice. At the same time, um, you know, I've been going to these events and kind of thinking, I, I want to be enthusiastic. I want to be having fun. And there's part of me going, do I feel weird about being uh, dressed up at a at a, an event where everybody's uh, um, eating a very nice dinner when we know that there's uh, tough days going on for our sisters and brothers back in uh, back in Iran, and there's this ongoing movement for freedom and change in Iran, and just even some of the statistics that we've been talking about on recent shows about half of Iranians being under the poverty line in Iran, or or um, one out of every nine women in Iran over the age of 15 um, being employed, just horrendous kind of stats. So it's been a mixed bag. So what we're going to do for this roundtable is... Um, we're going to talk about what this this occasion means to you guys as our core team members. I'm going to ask you a little bit about um, uh, your favorite the, the the moments of the year that moved you, both in a positive way and a and and in a difficult way. So it'll sort of be some reflection on the year that has passed us, and um, and uh, some thoughts around the future and uh, what you see today as what your what your wishes and aspirations are. I don't know about you guys, but in my family, we always did a little bit of that around the at the Satatafil at this moment of the spring equinox. Uh, after we say Happy No Rusk to each other, we basically talk about what 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 we have, what hopes we have mm-hmm. for the is usually held uh, started by the elders. You know, yeah. my parents would start talking, and then they would say, "So, what do you what are you thinking for this new year ahead?" Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, my family is very much like that. Everything's a conversation, <laughs> uh, which has <laughs> led imagine. me to be as. Um, as verbose as I am, but um, but uh, I, that's pretty much what true for you guys too. Yeah. So you're kind of practiced at this. All right. So let me start with a very basic question for Pega, Parisa, Anihita, Roham, um, and that is, um, what does Noruz mean to you this year? And and I guess um, how is it different from any other years, or or is it? So um, let me start with you, Parisa. It's really different for me. Uh, as you know, I moved here two years ago, and Nuru's for me... From Mashhad? Yes, from Mashhad. And like when I was in Mashhad, we usually celebrated Nuru's with my family, and I used to go to my grandparents' house and visit them, and and like we had Nuru's parties, and but in the last two years, I moved here to Toronto and I don't have my family here so even last year was really different but this year specifically because of the revolution in Iran uh, it's really uh, a lot of things has changed and and I I really I don't think I celebrate Nowruz this year. 
you know, you're not going to sell. You're not going to no. market at all, other mm. than being here right now. Yes. So in the so in, in it's we're about actually just so listener, uh, so you know where we're at. We're about three hours away from Swatatapia, which is we're all going to run run off and uh, celebrate. Some of us celebrate with our, our family members if they're around. Um, so what do you think you're going to do at that moment? Uh, I I don't think I like I probably spend it alone or like I just. You know, I mean, you know, know I, Zoom with your parents or something? I, I, I will Zoom with my parents. You know, I love Nowruz and I think uh, we should celebrate Nowruz, but this year it doesn't feel right to celebrate Nowruz. At all? I don't think so. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, Pega, let me come to you. What um, does Nowruz mean for you this year? So or, and, and do you agree with what Paris just said? I don't, respectfully. Um, so Nowruz for me has always been probably the most important celebration of the year um i've been very lucky to be surrounded with family here i've uh you know i've i've been in toronto since i was five and i've had my family here and kind of had my extended family even join us over the years so i've been really lucky to be surrounded by family and it's always been this celebration of love and life and light and family more than anything else and um I agree. I think it's it's a very difficult year, and I don't think that we can lose sight of what's happened. But I also think that, you know, as the slogan goes, woman, life, freedom, life. I think it's important that we continue to celebrate it and we continue to mark these occasions, especially in Oruz, because it's got such a big, it's a big part of our culture, and I think preserving that is very, very important. Roham? Um, I have to agree with Pega, because... Um First of all, no roots for me is always means hope in a new day. And as the the nature goes back to life, I think even our our country would go back to life and we can hope for that. Um, and I, uh, we're going to have a smaller celebration for sure. We're, we're not going to dance around and... Um, go to parties but but we have our half scene and we're gonna celebrate no rules with the small is there anything wrong with going to parties uh i don't feel it mm-hmm. but you don't feel comfortable doing that. no i don't feel like partying and dancing but well if somebody want to do that mm-hmm. it's fine anahita so um of course no is different this year for me and this is the sixth Nowruz that I'm not with my family in Iran. And I'm celebrating with my sister here. But um, I'm angry with Pega and Roham and some points. But uh, we should celebrate Nowruz because Nowruz is not religious. It's not about it. It's about um, it's like 2,500 years that we have Nowruz. It's not for and. I think Jomri Islami, I, I, I don't think, I'm sure, because I lived in Iran for 28 years, and they tried to take Noru's from mm-hmm. our uh, culture, take out the Noru's, mm-hmm. Noru's, Yalda, and Charshamba Suri, and everything. And I think this year especially, if we say we are not celebrating Noru's, this is what they want. So Noruz is almost like celebrating Noruz as an act of defiance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and part of my job is dancing and entertainment. So uh, I, I cannot say uh, we shouldn't 
do the parties. But I think some people need that. Mm. They need to get more, you know, earn more energy to, to continue the revolution. If we just go and just be like sad every single moment and just follow the news, this is my opinion. Mm -hmm. So we need to celebrate the Nowruz and have okay. a good moment together. Paris, I want to give you a chance to... Uh, because they're <laughs> against me. No, they're not against you. They're giving their opinion. Yeah. Uh, yes. No. I. Um, well, I can defend myself. I think, you know, in the last six months, we had protests in the street, and a lot of people lost their lives. You know, like we lost more than five hundred people, and two thousand, twenty thousand people are. Uh, in prison, like they arrested them, and a lot of them are still there. So, if I want to identify with the people inside the country, I think uh, I don't think that the Islamic Republic wants me to celebrate Nowruz or don't want me to celebrate Nowruz. It's about the people inside of Iran and. I don't think too much Salahi, for example, celebrate Nowruz this year. And it's the same for a lot of people. It's the same for Kian's family. It's Sarina and Nika. They don't have Nowruz this year. And uh, they're in this situation because they were fighting for something that I, it's my fight too, you know. But I made the decision to leave that country, but they, made a decision to stay and fight mm -hmm. so if I want to be in the same page with them and uh, I should you know put myself in their shoes it's a compelling point it is Paris yeah, yeah. for sure so but can I add something yeah I just um, uh, yeah, on, yeah on microphone yeah, yeah. go ahead so yeah. <laughs> when it was war between Iran and Iraq they lots of people uh, killed that moment too and but the people still celebrate they were celebrating the Nowruz. they get they had wedding they i mean this is life mm -hmm. and uh i see i saw the video yesterday and the mahsa's amini family they went like in sarmazara mahsa with lots of people and they i cannot say they celebrate Nowruz, but because of the it, this is part of the Nowruz. so mm. when someone die you go to the Mazar and so puts the half scene and it's kind of celebration. It's like the first Nowruz that Masa, Sarina, Kian and all the kids and teenagers and young people who died, they are not with us. And it so um, there is nothing wrong with that to have Nowruz. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I think um, Roham mentioned, you know, it's a, it, Nowruz is also a celebration of um, hope and life, right? And I think maintaining the thought of these individuals remembering them remembering that same fight remembering the ongoing struggle that we continue to have and that and you know having the hope to continue on that path is also part of what we're celebrating mm -hmm. but that's a, but like that's Nauru's. a big that's a major point that you're making and that's this that's something that that's where i intersect with what Perry says saying because um you, you know i think Perry's uh, uh i mean realistically you know when we thought um in early on there was a moment you know in the first couple of months two or three months that we thought hey man this could be over this could mm -hmm. be this that the, the regime could fall yes. and everything yeah. was so accelerated so much was happening that that it felt 
correct for everybody to sort of respect that above all it's a don't you know even the even though i disagreed on some levels with the don't play concerts and things like that it was like well this is a a temporary thing that everybody around the world is going to do to respect what's going on in iran Mm -hmm. now that we've learned that that's not going to be the case and in other words that there is a revolution going on and that there we all believe in the inevitability of change but that it's not going to happen tomorrow uh, that that it's going there's steps and and we're on the path and then there is some that I'm that I'm much more sympathetic to the idea that we can't we can't suspend life and we can't uh, not do the things that involve and certainly we can't you know um, teach our children you know you're not allowed to laugh mm-hmm. uh, at all because uh, you know because what kind of society would, would we be building? That said, I, I the part where I'm sympathetic to what Paris is saying is. I would hate for joyous Noru's galas to be interpreted as let's, you know, we've passed the moment where we should be showing solidarity for the freedom movement. That's over for now. Let's do that again some other time. Because, mm-hmm. because as we talk about so regularly on this show, it's so important for the diaspora to continue to to yeah, yes. keep going. And that's the one thing where I've been going to a couple of Noru's events that I try and talk to as many people as possible and go, how are you feeling about this? What are you doing? What are you? And the one thing that I kind of go, oh, sometimes is, is, is the idea that I understand compartmentalizing. In other words, that you can't spend every moment of your day thinking about, sorry, no, it's going to be, you know, you're, you're going to uh, disable yourself from being able to function. But on the other hand, if this is like, it's party time, okay? That, you know, the fall was about worrying about Iran. Mm-hmm. Now we move forward. Um, we're not there yet. There's so much more to do and there's so much heartache and there are people still in prison. So it's, that's the mixed blessing part, I guess. Yes, exactly. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Parita. Um, let, let, me, let, me, uh, let, let me ask you guys about the past year. And um, what a year! Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe this will be part of uh, you know a segue from that first question about how you feel about Noruz. And um, actually, let me ask you this: let me ask you what the most surprising part of the past year has been for you. If you if you go back to this time last year, Noruz twenty twenty two. Um, emerging out of COVID back into, uh, we thought, quote-unquote, regular life, at least in the diaspora. What has been the most surprising part of the past year? Let's start with you, Rohan. Okay. Um, I think that the uprising for me, because as you said, we were out of COVID, and I was personally was like, okay, we're going to go back to life. We're going to go to the, the business again. Uh, and the uprising happened and i think i was one of the people that was so optimistic about the, the uprising i was like in the first days i would say uh it's gonna get big it's gonna go to the revolution uh level but i honestly didn't think it going that big at that time so it was so uh, surprising that so fast it from uprising it went to a revolution okay pega um, I think the longevity of the uprising, you know, I think we've seen um, within the last couple of years, numerous uprisings in Iran, and we've seen the discontent and the discontent showing itself through the form of protests and, you know, different things. But um, I think we had, and I say we, like us in the diaspora maybe, had become used to 
these kind of ebbs and flows in that discontent being shown in Iran. But the longevity of this uprising turned revolution, I mm. think, is what has been most surprising. And there were so many points um, at the onset of the revolution where, you know, a lot of people had this conversation where they said, um, oh, you know, we don't know if it'll last or let's see what happens. And there was kind of always this thought in the back of everyone's mind that at some point it would get quashed or it would slow down or people would, would lose momentum or, you know, um, more than anything else, there would just be so much um, barbarism mm. like against individuals from the Islamic Republic. And um, we saw that despite all of that, the fight yeah. continues. Yeah. Uh, the most um, surprising uh, um, elements of the past year for you? Yeah, for me, uh, you know, growing up in Iran, I like, and I have to say that I, when I was in Iran, I wouldn't wear a hijab. You know, I was trying, like a lot of girls in Iran, to not wearing it, and uh, you know, but. You would, you would not wear a hijab. No, I would not wear a hijab. Well, in Mashhad. Yes. Pre-uprising. Yes, pre-uprising. Yeah. It's it's like you know this is. N I think some people think that it's new that girls don't wear a hijab, but it's like in the last ten years or maybe mm. more, there were always girls in the street who refused. That yeah, thing. yeah. So, um, but I never. I couldn't imagine that one day in Iran, girls burned their hijab. Like mm. that was something that really surprised me. Mm. It's so crazy and big and brave, you know. Anahita? So <laughs> for me, of course the uprising, but um, I was there when the uprising started. As you know, I was... Yeah. You had gone home to take care of your, yes. your dad for a couple of weeks. Yes, and, yeah. and uh, my father was in the hospital, and uh, so I had to go to the hospital every day, and then I saw the people in the streets, um, like the, the exactly the location that was the hospital. So it was the, like, the pe people start in, like, kind of um, in midtown in Tehran, and the, I saw the people after 7 p.m., they go the young people started to like chanting and um police came and so um attacking people i was you know i i was sure it's getting big i was sure because of the people so smart right now and now when i see the people around the world they talk about the things that happen in iran or i'm talking with someone i'm not getting surprised i'm getting happy yeah it's interesting that you all talk about it as a as a pleasant surprise somehow the uprising mm -hmm. uh, even though mm -hmm. it the 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 precipitant for it was something very horrible when yeah. the, the killing of Massa. I mean, he, uh, I I agree with all of what you guys have said. I, I would I was a little more um, hyper focused, I suppose, on what uh, what was the surprise for me of the year, and um, and I would say it would be the song Bad Oh Yeah. Mm. If you said to me last year this time. Uh, which is just a manifestation of what everybody said. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a manifestation of the uprising. But if you had said to me this time last year, by this time next year, there's going to be a song that everyone who is of Iranian background, literally everyone of Iranian background, everywhere in the world and inside Iran will know the lyrics to and be able to sing. And it's a new song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would say, 
I'm, that's mm-hmm. impossible. I would say that's impossible because it has been impossible mm-hmm. for the last uh, 44 years. There's no, there's no song. The closest you would come to it would be a song like Farrah Mars' uh, song from 1978 that people still sing at mm-hmm. uh, campfires and stuff, you know. So, so that was the, that, that's a, uh, as I say, it's a manifestation of the uprising, but it's a, it's a shocker. Um, I want to ask about the. Did you want to say something about that? No, I was. I was going to say not from a, a very famous artist. Correct. At, yeah. at somebody who most people didn't know. I didn't know. Right. 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 He didn't know you either. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, That's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you the the most heartbreaking moment of the year, but let's start on a positive. The most energizing moment of the past year for you. These, by the way, I've mentioned that the kinds of questions I'm going to be asking you, this doesn't have to be about being Iranian and the uprising and whatever. I mean, it can be anything you want it to be. Um, but I'll go first with this one. And the most energizing moment of the past year for me was uh, probably, I think it was in October, um, and there was a demonstration. And it was the demonstration, it was the first of the big demonstrations that happened downtown. It wasn't the 80,000 people in Richmond Hill one. It was the one where we were walking downtown and my life flashed before my eyes because we were walking down Young Street, which is, um, first we went on Bloor and Young Street. And these are major arteries in Toronto. For people who don't know Toronto, this is a this is an iconic main street of Toronto. And that's like Main Street downtown. And walking on that street with flags, hands in the air, um, being for sure talking about the uprising and and chanting slogans and talking about Azadi and freedom and all of that, but essentially ex- expressing our pride in being Iranian was something that had you told 10-year-old me I would ever see that in Toronto, I would, not, I would have never believed you. It, mm-hmm. it was such a, a, a moment of, of such unbridled um, energy to go, oh my God, this is, I've been waiting for this my whole life. To be able to, to joyously celebrate being Iranian without the, the chains of the association of this horrible regime that we've always opposed it, and that we've always had to issue as a disclaimer, like, yes, I'm Iranian, but I'm not an Ayatollah or, you know, terrorist or whatever. And here we are, a group of Iranians walking through the streets and expressing all the things that we know we love about, uh, about our culture, our people, our, the successful people in, um, who are of Iranian background. So that was probably the most energizing moment of the past year for me. Let me start with you, Anahita. Well, uh, there is a moment that um, for me, I think exact day that uh, in October, so we were in the protest together, I think. Before that, I had an appointment with my hairstylist, Hmm. but she is not Iranian. But I just it's close to my place. It's and important to get your hair done for the protests. Yeah, no, yeah. My, my hair was like, I, I, you know what? Because I cutted my hair in one of the protests Uh-oh. and it was kind of um, <laughs> ugly. Uneven. <laughs> yes. And I wanted to fix it. And I went to, I went to the, like, um, my, my appointment and I said to her, you know what? I want to go to the protest, but could you please change my appointment? And she said, yeah, just go, go. I'm coming too. And she mm. knew about that. I was like, you come to our protest? She said, yes, I'm I'm supporting you guys. And I saw her there. And I was like, oh my God, that's, the, it, this moment, you yeah. know, is like, um, melt, it was melt my heart. <laughs> that's <laughs> kind a of great like, moment. Yeah. Roham? 
um for me was seeing the unity in the main day i think was the day that all the uh, opposition leaders in the diaspora tweeted together uh, honestly I, that was that was one thing that i always said might not happen ever because we iranians are uh, famous for not agreeing that mm-hmm. much and this was showing the world that for once we can be united and mm. we can say the same thing and let let go of our um, disagreements um people in the western countries they, right now they know the difference between us and the islamic republic because before they used to see us as re- as a you know these religious mm. people in Iran and uh, they really didn't know the reality and they didn't know what is happening in Iran and how uh, the gap between the the regime and people how this gap is you know uh. wide and big and right now uh, they kind of knew that we're not the same Fair as enough. our government yeah. and it's yeah. so a broader energizing moment but it's yeah. it but i uh, totally hear you and can i can i uh, add something uh because that was really exciting for me because um before like i think 10 years ago um i was in europe and somebody asked me where are you from i said iran and he did this and um, showed a gun and said, Ahmadinejad, showed a gunfire. And I think um, someone. Ahmadinejad. Yeah. What a funny thing to say. Yeah. He remembered Ahmadinejad because <laughs> yeah. he was famous around the world. Um, <laughs> and and some weeks ago or months ago, uh, I've, I've been somewhere else and they asked me, Where are you from? I said, Iran. And they said, Zanzendigi Azadi. Mm. So they remembered this yeah. instead of Ahmadinejad. Yeah. Energizing moment. There's been so many, honestly. Um, I think the big protest that that large one in Richmond Hill, the very first one. Um, you know, prior to that one, I had been to a couple of other protests downtown, and you know, we had obviously been really immersed in what was going on doing the uprising series, and there were a lot of conversations and a lot of moments that I that I was taken aback. But being in that demonstration. There's no words to describe how I felt. I mean, I was overwhelmed. I felt pride. I cried. I laughed. I was, I, I, I was euphoric in a sense to see the unity, the solidarity, to have that hope of you know what would be to come. So I think that was the moment. But I do want to add something else. Um, another moment recently that that I was really really happy. You don't about. get two moments. I'm sorry. Well, this isn't this isn't a this isn't a moment that I was. Yeah, lots of moments. But I I really want to mention this because this is more than a moment. It it goes back to what you were saying about, you know, growing up in the diaspora and feeling kind of out of place. Um, The Disney No Ruse video that came out, that it was, I cried seeing it because, you know, growing up, I, again, maybe it's because of my family traditions or, you know, the way we always celebrated Nauru's, but it was always such a big part of my life. And going to school growing up, nobody knew that, especially when I was in elementary school and there were so few Iranians in my school. Um, 
I felt really out of place. And to see that video and to think that, you know, my little cousins right now are not going to have that feeling. That was incredible. That's And that's been a it's been an ongoing build over the year. You know, the, I remember the first time, uh, and he says, "Are in tears just I thinking about it." Yeah. Um, I remember the first time that Obama did a uh, shout out to No Roos. Yeah, I would like to th- say Happy No Roos <laughs> to the. You know, and we were like, "Oh, he, he said No Roos. He's the president." Yeah. You know, you know yeah. so it was very exciting, and so the, with that, that trajectory has been continuing, continuing. Um, Mickey Mouse trumps Obama, though. Yes, Mickey Mouse is in. (laughs) Well, depending on where Mickey Mouse came from, it's got some dodgy backgrounds. But um, so, uh, unfortunately, this year has. Uh, it goes without saying, really, for anybody of Iranian background that's listening to this, that uh, it has involved a lot of. uh, devastation and and um, profound sadness and uh, anger and frustration, but but um, tears. Uh, um, if there's been a constant on our program, it's been people talking about how much they've cried over the last six months. Um, so, um, if 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 I may, what has been the most, or what was, let's say, the most heartbreaking moment of the past year for you? What what uh, affected you the most? I, and I, I know we all have hundreds of these moments, but um, uh, as a way of sort of respecting what has happened and um, some of the most difficult moments, let's uh, let me ask this question. So, uh, who would like to start? I can. Okay. Well, I think that the, seeing the kids die. Um, or, or the exec- executions, both are saddest moments of my life, I think so, because... Um, Do you have a particular one that you remember the, the moment of? No, any any of the kids, uh, I, I just can't mm-hmm. see them. Every time that I, like, I, Keon was killed months ago, but I think days... Uh, after that or weeks after that i still was thinking of him i couldn't watch the the pictures and the executions too because yeah yeah it's interesting that you mentioned keon because my most heartbreaking moment of this year and as we say there's been many uh was actually related to keon it was if you I think were, it was the same as mine which is what mm. his father yeah going, yeah oh. his I father being in the that. hospital bed and not then going no- to his gravesite. Yes. That First video. not knowing yeah. that Keon has been killed and then going to his, uh, I mean, it's just thinking about it is is eerie. Uh, and, you know, the innocence of how Keon, first of all, dies yeah. and then his father's visceral... Uh, watching his father's most of my heart most heartbreaking moments that I was thinking about usually involve one of the parents like Mm -hmm. a mother or a father dealing with the it's just gut-wrenching watching that and and identifying with it but that's that so that was yours that was mine yeah that's what I was going to say that that video just the pain that you see in that in that video I mean don't get me wrong hearing about Keon shattered me I mean to 10 year old boy in the back of a car in the crossfire like the innocence, like you said, the yeah. the loss of life, the brutality, the chaos. Loss of potential. Yeah. The loss of all potential. All of that. Yeah. Um, but I think seeing that video and seeing how far this pain stretches and to think that, you know, it wasn't just that this poor boy was killed. It's the fact that this poor boy was killed. His father was hospitalized. He had no idea for months or weeks, I guess. I don't, I don't even know how long it was. And then to have to come to terms with that and to go to 
the gravesite of your 10 year old child like that video I think was just heartbreaking yeah Parisa uh, so for me it's like as everyone said the first couple of weeks that we kept hearing like you know Sarina Nika Kian Siavash uh, Mershat it was really difficult and but on a personal level I my grandfather passed away uh, and it was really heartbreaking for me because I always I thought you know when I left Iran I thought I would come back and meet them again but uh, he passed away and uh, was he a big uh, a big influence in your life uh, yes uh, we were really close and um, yeah, it was really hard working and it was in a in the middle of the uprising and sometimes like at that time I was thinking that all these kids you know lost their lives my grandfather was 80 and I felt like I cannot say anything I cannot talk about it because people are losing their children but um but it, it was difficult. Yeah. Uh, Anita, you're already in tears. What are you, what are you thinking about? Oh. I had a couple, I, can, I don't, I, I cannot say bad moments, but at the same time that the young and kids were killing in Iran, I had different things in my personal life too. Um, the night that Kian's mom was um, looking for ice for her kids, mm. I couldn't sleep until morning. We should explain that. Yes. Kian had died, and why was she looking for ice? It's a, yes. it's, it's, it's a horrible story. And No, uh, no, you, you want to explain why? I, because yeah, they. Because how they because how I think that this regime can don't give the murder of the like their kids to them just for how and the the parents should looking for ice to keep the murder in in that in their home and That's right. so I I couldn't sleep that night and I think I, I I was thinking about if, for example, if it's my mom looking for ice for, or someone else, or this moment it was, I I don't now I don't even know how it's possible. How if I was a mom, how I could do that, you know? Yeah. Interesting that few. It was. All, it was. Uh, it's about the kids mm-hmm. for all of us. Um, although you make such a good point, Perry. So about the, um, <laughs> you know, we 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 almost feel this is one of the most traumatizing parts of what's happening in Iran is that when things are so so horrific, like horror movie horrific, um, schoolgirls being poisoned and kids being shot. You almost feel guilty for 
feeling bad about anything, right? Mm-hmm. You say, how, how can I feel bad about the fact that uh, I'm trying to make ends meet or that uh, my knee hurts or whatever it is, you know, because, and, and obviously that's not a realistic or it's a very difficult way to live. You can't carry the burden of, of people dying in Iran. Um, uh, it's not your fault, but, um, but it's something that we've so commonly felt and so commonly heard from our guests um, all year who've been on this program, especially in the last six months. Um, you know, something that my parents would always ask me on Noru's is, uh, it's the kind of family we, we, we are or we, we have been, um, what, what did you most learn? What did you learn this year? What do you, what's something you learned this year that you're going to take, take forward? So it's never an easy question, but you can, you can answer it in as small or a big a way as you want. Um, be something very very little that you learned or something that's uh, epic that's changed your life so pega what did you most learn in this year as we head into a, a new one in the at least in the persian calendar i was hoping you'd extend that question so i'd have more time to think mm-hmm. but um i you know this answer might sound really cliche but in it, it's the truth i think you know maybe it's something i had learned in previous years but this year more than any other time in my life it's become more vital, perhaps. And that's just to cherish every moment, really. I mean, you know, seeing what's happened, or what is happening, rather, in Iran, how quickly things can change, how quickly life can change more than anything else. And also on a personal note, you know, even the last couple of months, it's been, you know, a little bit difficult with, I mean, I think the whole team here knows, but my grandfather had been ill for some time and dealing with that and, you know, making sure to spend that time with the people that you love and just cherishing every moment, really. All right. Anita, you're nodding. Would that be something similar to you then, what you learned this year? Uh, Actually, I learned to um, do my responsibility about the people around myself. What does it mean? It means if I do something wrong in my life, it's affected on every people around myself. It doesn't matter their ha- matter how they close to me. The philosophy behind this is wrong. If they say, "Oh, if someone do do, do something, it's it's um, not your responsibility," if and um, you, you do your your things, but it's not true, because we see now how people are united together, mm. how the things that happened 44 years ago, how affected to our life, mm. why I'm here. I could live in Iran, right? But, um, and I'm trying to do my responsibility about next generation, about my friends, my family, my uh, nieces, my nephews, mm-hmm. who are in Iranian culture. But you've seemed to me, you've always been somebody who feels a responsibility. What, what changed this year? What was it? In, was there some moment in particular or something in particular that made you feel this way? Yeah. You know what? Because when I, le- I left Iran, I was so tired. The first time? The first like, time. Six years yeah, ago? Yeah. yeah. Six years ago. And I was like, okay, I go somewhere to live for myself. I'm not working with Iranian. I'm not, this is, because I was tired. I want to just be, you know, far from everything, far from the dramas and everything that happened in Iran. But I couldn't. The, like, first six months in the school, I started to teach Persian dance to the people. Mm. But I, uh, but I tried to keep the distance between people. Mm. But now, it's different for me. I'm middle of the center of the, like, Iranian diaspora. What did you most learn, Rohan? 
um, same thing that everyone said, uh, cherish life, every moment, everything. Um, but um, on, on, on uprising notes, mm -hmm. uh, I learned that I knew that we are in a war with Islamic Republic, and I knew that there are countries that help Islamic Republic, but I learned that we are kind of fucking alone. We, yes. We're, we're all alone. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. are in a war with the whole world, yeah. and we have to change it. We yeah. have to make allies. We have to get other countries and other leaders to... Um, to um, to know to to understand mm -hmm. that um, this is eventually change mm -hmm. and if they want to have a future uh, relation with Iran if with free Iran they have to stop helping these mullahs by the way the cherish every moment thing is such a it is a cliche it's something that we say to each other you know every on January uh, 1st you know the uh, New Year's in the West and and on Nuru's but I really do feel like this year for the Iranian community that it became very very Definitely. clear I mean I think that as it would during a war uh, which is you know what some people call this uh, you you realize that you know everything can change on a dime and and including uh, lives can be lost Parisa what you most learned this year um, well, I think I learned about myself. Like, I didn't know how strong I am for it. And, like, you know, I moved here when I was 24, and the last two years was really difficult. And, uh, I, like, when I look back, I, I'm proud of myself. And I think that I, you know, I moved on and I uh, uh, that's I great to hear to that's a really that's <laughs> great to I hear I was gonna say yeah I, I I, as know. your friend I'm proud of you too that's, yeah. that's incredible Parisa you. that's a, yeah and you and you came here alone and and with you don't have family here and you you didn't come here with a big community and friends and all of that and you have been you've you have shown a lot of strength it's it's not easy to to do what you've done and i think i agree we were all proud of you um <laughs> i see and uh my mine was um it's kind of related to the cherish every moment but but it, to to turn it around and say that the one thing you can count on is change mm -hmm. that that nothing is ever set in stone mm -hmm. and things that you never thought like, like don't ever give up on if there's something that you're that you know if you're in a hole don't ever give up on the fact that that you can get out of the hole mm -hmm. or something can change because who would have known that um you know fancy and i think unethical writers at the new york times would uh be castigated out of uh out of favor by the entire iranian community uh, mm -hmm. uh who who would have ever thought that uh I mean, Reza Pahlavi, you know, um, wh wherever you are on the, whether you're a fan or not a fan or whatever, I I'm not sure that anyone would have predicted seven months ago that, uh, you know, he's he would be at the forefront of a new movement <laughs> with like polls showing massive popularity. And, it, uh, uh, you know, these things, and that's somebody who's been there for 44 years on the sidelines. And, you know, these things can really surprise you and, and, uh, there's been so much that has kind of turned on its head uh, over the last six months. Some of it in a, in a really bad way, and some of it in a that that the one 
uh, one constant in life is impermanence. Everything, everything ends, something, and everything changes. And that's certainly, I think, a, a lesson for this year. Let me, um, let's move to some, some positive questions to end off here. This is cool doing a round table with you guys. Can I check the cameras? Why bring guests on here? Yes, check the cameras, <laughs> Roham. Um, you know, we can just be, Roham's going to check the cameras to make sure that they're still rolling. Nobody can see me. And what do you mean nobody can see you? Uh, that camera. Oh, there's a camera. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. there's a camera there. We're still rolling, by the way. Don't say anything you <laughs> don't want to hear on the recording. Uh, we're good, Roham? All right. Let me, um, let me ask you uh, about Rook. There are, we've, you know, we've been doing, well, I guess we've probably done what have we done? Maybe a hundred episodes this this year, or something like that, or maybe eighty to ninety episodes over the last year. Uh, Should be more than that. Yeah, yeah, it's I more think than a hundred. Yeah. A couple of 20, a couple I of week. Hundred ten, hundred twenty. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah, okay. But there was a couple where we did one a week, so I was rounding it <laughs> off. But sure, I'll take more than a hundred. That's a lot. What was your favorite Rook moment or interview this year? So in all of our Rook programming. Pega, you can say it's yourself in your. So you no, can say, no, no, I, no. I was, uh, was, was going to say, I really breath. like when Pega is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was holding my breath because it's so funny. I think everyone here knows what my favorite episode was. Oh. <laughs> yes. I, like, I think do they? You don't really? Okay. I mean, no, I definitely the girls do. Okay, what's I've your favorite? About I actually don't. I don't. You don't. I don't think so. I've talked okay, about so it. Okay, so you start so. off then. Okay. Your favorite Rook moment or interview this year. If somebody is new to Rook listening right now, what interview moment or episode must they listen to? So. Part 28 of the Contemporary History of Iran. Okay. It's the interview um, that you did with Jane Lewison about mm. the Golden Hub Project. Oh. I think I've listened to this part of Choi, Contemporary History of Iran, like, I don't even know, 10 times maybe? Truly. It's one of my favorite episodes because it's so much more than just the Golden Hall Project. It speaks to the preservation of Iranian culture. And to me... Golden Hall Project being... Explain for in case anybody's So the Gwenha project is, um, it's a project dedicated to preserving um, a series by the same name um, that was that that used to play on the radio in Iran. Started um, in the 1950s, went to 19 basically the to the revolution yes. to, to the late 70s, exactly. and, and was about Iranian artists and music and kind of popularized yeah. Persian music inside Iran. Exactly, but I think. The, the interview talks about the project, but also in between some of the questions that you ask um, Jane Lewison, there's so much love for Iranian culture and there's so much conversation about the importance of preserving it. Mm. And that speaks so deeply to me because, I mean, that's been one of my goals for however long I can remember. So that's definitely my favorite. Jane Lewison, by the way, a non-Iranian. Yes, exactly. In Britain who has made her life's work, her mm -hmm. passion for Persian music and culture. Yeah. And in case there is someone who's listening who's new to Rook, listen to the entire Contemporary History of Iran series because right. yeah. I love it. All of uh, it. Yeah. I, 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 that's nice to hear. I yeah. agree. Uh, Parisa, favorite Rook moment or interview this year, mm -hmm. Super P? So uh, my favorite... Um, Rock interview is the interview with Dr. Dick Davis. Uh, Davis. Oh. Mm. Uh, Everybody likes the non-Persians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Davis, but, who translated the Dajun Napoleon. And I think I love the story that he 
traveled to Iran and then he fell in love and uh, lived in Iran and had to leave Iran after the revolution but uh, he went to university and got his master's degrees in Persian literature and translate all these great works and for Iranians because you said (laughs) everyone (laughs) likes non-Iranians I love interview with Dr. Fath Ali Mogadam it's so informative and educational good ones good ones Anahita so for me (laughs) it, it was too hard to make decision because in one in like one year and a half I created the YouTube version of the episodes and moments actually moments uh, the like the thumbnail only but Rohan is doing the video <laughs> uh, but um, the first episode of contemporary history of Iran that I made like the graphic things mm-hmm. is the creation of Kanun mm. was that within this year you may have stepped that that might be 2022 22? yeah but so anyway go ahead my, that's yeah, okay this yeah. is my favorite one honestly because first of all it was the first one that I made, and then um, I remembered all my childhood memories mm. that the, I spent time every summer and also like the whole years when I from five years old to 17 years old in the Kanun, and I learned lots of things there. And a couple months ago when I heard about like the stupid government is going to close the Kanuns, I was like, I was so shocked because that place is a the good place for all the kids to learn about co- Iranian culture and art Iran. and creativity and, and yeah it's music yeah. theater books um, painting everything well, it sounds like we should go back to the contemporary history of Iran because everybody's yeah, choosing their favorite <laughs> moments from it yeah Roham? it's deeply missed uh, mine is not contemporary history uh, and and if I can it's not an episode uh, it's a documentary we made and oh. in Istanbul I love that documentary and every moment of it is really good. Uh, but of the episodes, um, well, you can you can pick a moment from the documentary. <laughs> it's a, it doesn't have to be. Well, th- I I would recommend okay. everyone that still didn't check the documentary to go and see the documentary on YouTube. But of the episodes, I love the do- episodes that um, we did with people in Iran, the voices mm. from Iran. Mm. That was so informative and everything they said i could feel it with my bones because um every word i i I could see myself uh, where they are talking about and what they say so i'm so i I, I so agree with you about that the voices from inside iran has been such an eye-opener in terms of actually hearing from people who are actually on the streets Mm -hmm. in iran especially the kind of people that we're bringing on we're not pundits or you know, uh, writers or journalists, and but but young people who are yeah. have been protesting and who are telling us what they're observing and what life is like there, and and uh, so my my answer would be first of all, you know, I love the um, what we might quote unquote call the more intellectual interviews. So um, I totally agree with you about um, some of the selections you you guys have made today. But I would add uh, Dr. Shaul Bachosh, who we just had the Reza Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love doing those those type of interviews with the the book but i would say the best story um my favorite rook moment or, or interview in terms of um an unbelievable story would be uh, ali reza qadiri the razor ali mm. who was the boxer 
He's a, the Iranian boxer who's in London in, in the UK now and doing quite well as a British boxer who literally came as a refugee with nothing to England, literally lived on the streets yes. uh, and uh, and it ha- has literally fought his way, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, as a little fighter guy to, into into the hearts and minds and 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 his um, in some material success in, into becoming something in, in Britain. And it's such a riveting story. And he's so honest and open about who he is and so grateful that he's, you know, gone from gang life in, yeah. in Iran and a really difficult situation to to uh, making something of himself in Britain. And I think he just won a fight, a big fight, like two or three weeks ago. We were trying to get him back on. I think he's still undefeated. He didn't lose a match. Why the big we, ones? I mean, you know, anyway, it's Razor Ali, Ali Reza Qadi, uh, and I agree with you about the Istanbul. I was uh, on the near the top of my list was uh, Shabnam uh, Shahrohi, who, yeah. who might people might be surprised I would pick her, but but just the strength that some of these people like the, that she shows uh, as this powerful woman. I mean, literally, you know, as f- physically she's powerful. She's a, a martial arts champion, but she's also. Um, the strength of character she shows to be in Istanbul and still be outspoken, knowing all the risks, being in that proximity to Iran and with that government in Turkey to speak out the way she does. It's uh, it was it was. I remember we left that we did that interview. It was late at night, yeah. and we left just going, "Oh my God, what a strong she, person!" She cries and, every morning, and she cries every Iran. morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So a, a couple final questions. Let me let me ask this. Um, I suppose. How, how optimistic are you for this coming new year? Um, and and let me tie that to what do you most wish for in the coming year? Personal, can be personal, don't you? don't have to be taught fee and say, I want a free secular Iran. You can say that if you want, but but what do you most wish for in the coming year? Uh, and and how optimistic are you? Roham. Um, I'm always optimistic about everything, but... but um I see that things are getting better um, in in the world and in Iran because um, I saw that um, Putin got uh, uh, convicted for human uh, for um, mass murder, something like that. Ch- charged by the International charged Criminal the, Court, yeah, and something. it's good, and it's a good start. And I I, I see that uh, mullahs are going down every day. Uh, they they are trying their best to um, make deals and everything but in general respect they're, they're going down and they're losing their uh, less less and less power they have and um, and I wish for for that moment of this revolution because I I I, um, I feel that every revolution has that moment that the revolution goes um, to uh, to succeed. Okay. So okay. I, I'm I'm wishing for that moment. So All right. Vega. Yeah. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, you know, I I like to to be on the side of optimism for sure. But I think, um, speaking in terms of the revolution, I've been a little bit disheartened with the international community, politicians, no, mostly, um, and governments, international governments. So I'm cautiously optimistic about um, where the revolution is headed. But um, if I want to talk a little bit more emotionally, I hope that, um, you know, in the coming year, I can go back to Iran. 
really mm-hmm. you know that would be my my biggest hope i've been saying it for years and um really i hope next year is the year that it happens and uh on a personal note you know like every other Nauru's, I, I again this is a lot of family conversation and things like that but for health and happiness for friends loved ones everyone all right anita okay <laughs> okay i have of course i'm so optimistic about the good things come soon you are yes it's funny you guys say of course i'm optimistic yes some people really are not that but optimi- i am i because <laughs> I see Perry the, says coming yeah. up next I mean, she's <laughs> not as not, optimistic is she the pessimist of the group <laughs> because when, when i see how um the things that happen in iran that is spread in the world and i see the result now like in six months of course i feel good news comes but i cannot say maybe like in next two months maybe it takes like every time it's like six months but it comes i'm I'm pretty sure because the people are you know the governments are you know they are under pressure so i think this is a good that the okay. iranian community does that and that's so your far. greatest wish my wish oh okay. okay something else is your wish so i have one personal wish actually mm-hmm. instead of like free iran and go back to home because I don't know if I can go right now uh, is at least one time my parents can see my performance live mm. yeah and my father be f- fine be, be well soon yeah let's hope for that for sure Thanks. um what you're most optimistic about <laughs> if, if anything <laughs> and you what do you most wish for in the coming year um like i want to be optimistic but i'm really not and um i think it i'm really meaning pessimistic. you don't think there's going to be change in, in, um, for, in Iran, for i hope so i hope i really hope but uh like right now as we said before, we know that the Western government won't do anything uh, to help us, and we're alone in this fight. And this is something that I didn't know. Like last year, if you would ask me, uh, I would say they will do something when they see all these, you know crimes against or at least they would stop supporting yeah stop support at least stop supporting the regime but nothing has changed in the last six months and we keep going to rallies here and we we are really i think out speaking out loud about what we want but nothing has changed so they didn't change like they didn't do anything. So your greatest wish is to be optimistic by next year. Yeah, I <laughs> hope something. I don't know, but I I hope we celebrate next news in Iran. But I don't know how real. Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, my my greatest wish for the coming year is is major change to come in a fundamental way that leads to a win that we have not seen in decades. And of course, I'm speaking of Arsenal winning the Premier League. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
<laughs> that would be. I was wondering when we talk about Arsenal Euro. on today's. Uh... I, I really don't. All this talk about Iran and uh, whatever. Yeah, well, Arsenal could win the Premier League. Do you guys not understand what the priority is for this coming They're year? They're going to Champions League, though. Well, they're for sure going to be in the Champions League yeah. next year, yeah. But uh, for this so year... You're going to lose there this time. Uh, settle down. <laughs> settle down, Mr. Real Madrid. Uh, finally, uh, I mean, I don't know if we sort of answered this already. I I did have a final question, which is... this, And this is as big as small uh, or as small as you like. What are you most excited about for this new year ahead? Um, you should be most excited about your little one who is uh, yeah. uh, who's going to be walking, I would say, by oh, this she's time. she's walking. She's walking already? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, How no. old is she? Is she? One year and oh, three months. Oh, she's a year old. God, I she's thought she was so still like nine months. Or she's 15 months now. Amazing. And she's, 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 she's talking, uh, not sentences, but word, but and she's running. She's not walking. She's running everywhere. Do you, will, can she be a, a, a Rook Roundtable uh, contributor by this time next year? Maybe. Why not? <laughs> um, uh, I'm sure she's going to uh, speak better English than me. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's a low bar, Rohan. Of course she will. Yeah. Uh, uh, does, it, does anybody want to uh, speak to what you're most excited about for the new year ahead? But I can uh, I can, I can, can say I'm, I'm excited to see what life uh, plans for us. Because mm. mm-hmm. past years show that um, you can't plan everything. That's right. So That's I'm right. gonna, but I'm sure that I'm confident to say that this time this year, it was COVID, it was the uh, the horrible uh, situation in Iran. But this is the year that life has to show us something good. It's gonna be an interesting year. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Where we would be this time next year will yeah. be fascinating. Mine, mine's a lot more um, immediate, My what I'm excited about, most excited about for the new year ahead. That's the Sabzi Polo I'm going to get with <laughs> oh, my mom's house cool. in about yeah. uh, four in hours hour. after Tonight. the Saatataville. Yeah. So uh, any other final thoughts? No, Parisa, yeah. you don't want to piss on the party anymore, Parisa. <laughs> 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 Which you're most welcome to do. We understand the sentiment. And he's a. So, uh, the things that I'm excited about this year now, it's um, about the big performance that I will have mm. s- soon. Can I talk about that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will have a um, performance April 1st in Meridian Arts Center with 25 dancers, Iranian dancers, all women. And um, like the big um, group of people who are playing deaf, all women. And this is about uh, dancing my life. It's about women, it's about revolution, it's about spring, and it's about Iranian. So the tickets are available now? Yes. yes, tickets are available. Yes. April 1st, at Mer- if you're in the Toronto area or you want to fly into Toronto from wherever you are in the world, the Meridian Hall, is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, Meridian so? Arts Center, Meridian North Arts York. Center. Oh, okay. yeah. Pega, final thought, what you're most excited about besides um, my mom's Sabzi Polo, which I'll <laughs> bring some for you. Definitely. Um, I think I agree with Roham, just, you know, what's to come because if anything, you know, we've all recognized and realized that it's been a, year full of ups and downs and things will change quickly and the potential for opportunity and change yeah thank you that was a really interesting uh experience for me to get to have the team in here instead of outside of these doors uh and uh 
نورزتون پیروز امیدوارم که سال نو خیلی خوب باشه and um, uh, usually I say this is full time for Rook for today and I thank the Rook team which you guys are all here so I, don't, I, I can thank you in person as well as others in the in our Rook orbit who have um, and our broader team that have been so uh, helpful throughout the year and are so important to us thank you to everybody who subscribes thank you to all of you guys out there who who have actually become Rook members this year Uh, here's the most exciting thing about uh, we, we launched our Patreon page, yes. finally, a way that people yes. can actually support us and keep us uh, alive. So if you've made it this far into the podcast, you're clearly uh, one of our, our listeners and supporters. So please go to rookmedia.com, our website, rookmedia.com. Press the support us button and you can become a Rook member for just a little bit each month. And that really helps support what we are doing. And I'll give you a shout out on the show next week if you become a a bronze, silver, or gold member on our Patreon page. Again, support us at rookmedia.com. Thanks again to everybody out there for listening. Happy Noruz uh, in whatever way you celebrate it, small, big, less enthusiastically or more enthusiastically this year. Um, see you Thursday. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Mizu Bashi. Mizu Bashi.